Hey everybody, welcome back to Up The Vibe, and today I'm joined by Jimmy Blanchett, who is a scientist and radio operator who has spent years exploring modes of communication with non-human intelligences. Together with his TARP antenna radio system, Jimmy, Jimmy has had numerous contact experiences with some he will share today. Hi Jimmy, how are you doing? Hey Joe, uh, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate the opportunity, I'm doing well. What about Excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm good, thank you. And uh, it's great to have you on. It's taken a few months to uh, organise this, but we've managed to get together. And I know you've been really busy with uh, with work and other podcasts and stuff. So I really appreciate uh, you coming on and, and sharing what you have. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Joe. It's a pleasure. We have a lot of material. So that's I, I, know you have, I know you do. <laughs> so we'll try and um, try and get through some of that today. And, and maybe, um, as I said um, earlier, maybe you could come on again in the future and share some more stuff, because I know you've got a lot, a lot of material. So I wonder if you could start by introducing yourself a bit and, and, and about how you started. And I think, I think we're going to go into that a little bit in the slides you have. Yeah, yeah, I do have a few slides. Uh, I mean, I am, uh, you know, just to assume I'm, I'm a French-Canadian. I'm originally from Quebec, Canada, the French province of Quebec. That's where mm -hmm. my funny accent is coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um, I moved to the U.S. in uh, 2002, and I spent, you know, I've been here since, essentially. Uh, I now live in Arizona. Um, and, um, you know, I, um, I am a scientist. Well, I do have a, a bachelor degree in chemistry, uh, but I'm also, you know, deep into, I love engineering work and so on. And so I've been, uh, you know, for the purpose of what's relevant to this podcast, I mean, I have been a, an amateur radio operator since, I, uh, since childhood, really, uh, since my teenager years, uh, with a passion, you know, for building antennas uh, and, you know, doing communication. And uh, most recently, uh, you know, fast forward many years or decades, uh, in 2013, I became uh, interested in a contact modality called uh, moon bounce communication. And uh, that's a bit how, you know, how I got into uh, this, yeah. uh, this radio contact modality. So we'll, we'll expand on that for sure. Sure. And I, I think I've heard from you, um, I think it was with other, another podcast that you didn't stumble on it randomly. You may have had some sort of, shall we say, download or, or some sort of voice in your head telling you to to look into this area well yeah this um you know i've had the i'm in an experience i am an experiencer and so i've had the many out-of-body experience you know all throughout my life mm -hmm. uh, more when i was younger actually uh, for mm -hmm. some reason and um and uh yeah so it's uh, there are many signs uh you know that i, I recognize that it, it feels like it was planned in a certain way mm -hmm. and uh, i even think that today looking back at everything um you know considering the fact that time is an illusion and we all kind of all know that and science proves that it is it is highly even probable that the out-of-body experience i've had in contact experience that i had when i was young in my childhood were the results of the transmissions that i make today Okay. You know, it's, it's a bit of mind bender, but, mm -hmm. you know, since time, everything's happening now in, mm -hmm. in the now moment, uh, what I'm doing today may have an influence the experience I've had in my childhood, right? Yeah. Past, present, call all been in the future. So it's, uh, yeah, so this is a, this is a very interesting concept, but uh, we realize when we do this work, this, uh, you know, this work, which is in many ways, multidimensional multi as we, we dig deeper into this uh, in this field. Uh, we, uh, you know, we realize how reality that we perceive around us is um, 
is, is very, you know, the, the reality is very different than what, what we perceive, right? I mean, what we perceive is just a very small portion of obviously of, what, of what's out there. And as we dig deeper, it becomes really mm -hmm. more consciousness. We realize how everything emerged, you know, from, con from consciousness really. And that's, yeah. that's what, sure. what we learned, the folks who do this work, you know, kind of realize that pretty quickly. Yeah, so we can talk a little bit more about the consciousness side thing a bit later, but do you want to, do you want to share your slides? And yeah. for those that are listening right now, I'd recommend um, seeing this on the YouTube channel uh, so that you can actually see the slides and um, see everything that's going on because uh, you may be missing out. <laughs> but here we All go. Right. Okay, so let me just uh, let me put the reading view so it's a little bit bigger. Here we go. Okay, so... I'm going to go through a few slides just to describe a bit uh, the history of all this all started. I think that's going to give a, you know, a good starting point here. Mm -hmm. um, so history of it, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I became, um, you know, I am an amateur radio operator. And in 2013, I heard about moon bounce communication for the first time. I had never heard about it before. It's a very exotic uh, contact modality uh, that uh, a few uh, amateur radio operators in the world are, you know, are uh, practicing. And so I, when I heard about it, I decided to give it, give it a shot. I mean, I said, there's no way in the world that I'm not going to try this. This is too cool. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this the, chat, yeah. the technical challenge was really exciting to me. And so I, I started building this, this huge antenna that we see here on the screen. Uh, called TARP, or which stands for Triangular Array Rotatable Polarity Antenna. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I worked on, on this, um, on different iteration actually, but I, I, this, this was the end product essentially of, of my work for many months. Uh, and I was very successful uh, doing uh, moon bounce communication with this system. Um, the system is uh, capable of deploying uh, about 150,000 watts of effective radiant power. So this is yeah. uh, this is um, as much power as the most powerful radio station on the planet, pretty much. But even in this case, context, it's a, I think a radio that you might get handheld radio is about five watts. To give a bit of context around that, so. that's right, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And and the most powerful uh, AM radio uh, stations that are across the US here. I, I don't know about Europe, but across the US, the the most powerful AM radio that folks listen to on their, you know, in their car, is about fifty thousand watts, right? Fifty thousand mm -hmm. watts is all the big guns. So we're talking here about one hundred and fifty thousand watts, and that signal is also compressed in a, a smaller bandwidth, much much smaller bandwidth. So the the power density uh, is uh, much great, maybe ten times greater than you know the the most powerful radio station on the earth. So, um, and because of that, obviously the signal uh, has the, the capacities to stand out of the planetary background, obviously, yeah. because of that. So anyway, um, and, and so uh, I built this antenna system and in 2017 uh, became, uh, I was always interested in contact and in con in, in contact per se, or, you know, I, I knew we were not alone. And to me that this was not even a question. Um, I, I knew we were visited. Anyone who does any kind of research, serious research, realized that pretty quickly. I mean, you know, <laughs> gets to that conclusion. Even the governments have been hiding these, the presence of ETs uh, for decades or not admitting, you know, there's, there's something out there. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's very new now. Became, so in 2017, I became interested in the, what we call CE5 or human initiated contact. And I decided to give it a shot. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. 
And at the time I had the intent to, you know, create a small group to do some, you know, a group CE5, typically it's done, you know, with folks mm -hmm. and a group of people. And so I was looking for a site where I could get this work done. Uh, and so I had identified a site uh, deep in uh, Rose Valley, California, on uh, Los Padres National Park. At the time, I was living in California. And so uh, I had set essentially uh, decided that on May 1st, I, I was going to go to that site alone just to screen the site or scout the site for future contact work. So that was really just a, a more a reconnaissance mission, if you will. Uh, but before going there, I said, well, you know, why not using this, uh, you know, my radio equipment? I mean, it's uh, obviously capable of, uh, you know, uh, I was able to do moon bounce communication and uh, just explain briefly what it is. A moon bounce really is just to use the moon as a passive reflector. So I beam this large antenna array towards the moon, broadcast, uh, you know, digital signals or, or binary code or whatever, and the signal will bounce off the moon and by reflecting of the moon, it comes back to watch Earth. So we can establish a two-way communication that way on Earth using the moon essentially as a, as a passive reflector. So that, that's the principle behind it. So, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, that I had that kind of power, so I will create a binary code message uh, with the coordinate times and date where I will go on May 1st, and I will broadcast this message prior to going there. Just, you know, in case that, you know, this will help having, you know, some kind of contact or sighting in the, mm -hmm. in the sky or, or something like that. But I really didn't have any, uh, honestly, any kind of hope or any expectation of that. So I, I did it more mm -hmm. for, you know, I felt it, <laughs> I needed to do that. And so, um, so I broadcasted the message in the days prior to going to the site. Uh, and so, it's so on May 1st, uh, I went to the, the site that I had identified was close to a lake. So it was a beautiful area uh, in Los Padres National Park, far from everything. So, uh, you know, that location, there was no uh, cell signal, uh, nothing. I mean, it's so far away from, you know, human installations or that it was really deep, you know, deep. And so there was no you know, possibility of interference or anything like that. And I had purposely chosen the site to avoid any kind of uh, light pollution, right, as well. So um, so I got to the site and I brought, uh, I actually uh, had brought with me a handheld radio that I had uh, set to the same frequency that I had broadcasted the message, you know, prior to going to the site. Uh, but again, I had, you know, no expectation whatsoever. I do have actually a, a short video, cl video clip here, which lasts maybe 30 seconds that I can show if you want. That shows actually what the first contact looked like. Oh, yeah. yeah I present please. that. All right, let me just do this here. Let's play this. So, so what you're going to see here is uh, now this interaction occurred uh, on June 3rd, uh, 2017. So this, this may be about a month later. But this is very, very representative of what the first contact interaction I had okay. on that night, right? So that's that's uh, that's going to show it. So let me just raise the volume a bit. So what you see here is the radio uh, tuned to the frequency I was using. Uh, we see here to the left the uh, satellite app that I was using to uh, you know identify if there's anything in the sky. I could screen immediately if it was you know false positive, a satellite or anything. That's, like that. a, that's so, a good idea. Yeah. So when I do, when I did contact work, I always, always, always had this, uh, my iPad and the satellite app to, you know, able to screen and identify immediately if, if mm -hmm. a sighting was, you know, no, a known object or not. So let me just play this. And this shows the, essentially what happened. So I was, a, I arrived at the site, as I said, and uh, maybe 20 minutes uh, into it, um, 
you know, I was very satisfied with the location. I said, I'm going to come back here with a group of people. And uh, so that was perfect. So I was satisfied. So, uh, but, you know, I said, I was just going to sit a bit and relax, uh, you know, maybe meditate a little bit uh, before leaving. Uh, it was again, next to a lake, beautiful place. And so I, I set, I put the radio on the roof, on, uh, on top of my car, uh, rooftop of my car. And I sat in the chair and literally a few minutes uh, after sitting, the radio started interacting. And it's, the radio started behaving in a way that it had never behaved this way before. Mm -hmm. It was very intrigued. So let me just play how it looked like. It's 2.16 in the morning. The radio is very active right now. So we can see the, the, let me just press pause here. So the interaction is very crisp, is very modulated. Um, it's not like a from a kind of, you know, uh, typical FM radio that we hear. It's a very, very modulated. And so the radio was behaving this way. And again, for the first time, um, I, had, I had been using this radio for satellite communication and other, you know, purposes mm -hmm. the radio had never behaved this way before never in my life i had seen the radio behave this way so i couldn't understand what was happening but quite honestly i didn't make the connection <laughs> yeah i didn't you know i didn't think immediately that this was a reply to my sure. broadcast right i mean there were many many things i wanted to do or eliminate in terms of possibilities before coming reaching that conclusion right so there's no yeah. way i would have reached that conclusion that easily so i just ended up going back home again not even connecting the dots here and I actually I was annoyed at the moment because I was trying here I was trying to meditate in the chair and radio was making all this weird noise and going crazy for no reason I I didn't understand why right so I went back home and uh, but I was intrigued so I decided I said look if this uh, this interaction is an interference of some sort um, which didn't make sense because I was so deep in you know in the, in the Los Padres National Park, there's no cell signal there. There's nothing in the middle of the night. I mean, what? Nothing will interfere there, right? But I said I will. I will just keep the radio and uh, set it on my belt and uh, go in the city downtown, you know, and just yeah. do my business and see if there's any, if it's triggered by any kind of interference, Wi-Fi or anything like that. It should happen while I am in downtown in the city, right? Uh, and so that's what I did, and. I carried the radio with me all week and nothing happened. The radio was absolutely completely silent. Uh, and so I was very intrigued by that. I even tried to use my large radio station and make transmissions really nearby the, the handheld radio to see if I could trigger some kind of reaction. Nothing happened. The radio was completely silent. So that was very intriguing. So can I interject in terms of, um, I've, I've had Gary Boss on here in Walter Rucker and we, we talked about the radios and he had, three radios but only one of them was going off so i think that's that's one aspect of this i don't know if you discovered that by then but you if yes you've got that's, two that's radios, a, yeah that's a very important aspect of it i'm going yeah. to get to it in a second yeah, here sure. um and so um anyway so uh, the, the following weekend i i went back to the site i was with somebody else at the time and um i repeated the experience um that was one of the person that you know was who i was i intended to bring as part of the group we got to the site and a few minutes after our arrival, the very same thing happened again. The radio started doing the very same thing that it had done, you know, on the day of first contact, mm -hmm. if you will. And then I started realizing that clearly we were dealing with an intelligence because the radio was behaving, seemed to be re responding to what we were talking. 
uh, or it, it just behaved in a way that seemed like the, there was an intelligence behind it. Yeah. This this is how really uh, you know this adventure started. From there, things snowballed pretty quickly. I started having a lot of experiences, sightings in the sky, high strangeness. Um, I purchased at the time a, a night vision camera to uh, you know to be able to re to record and document these things. And so this is really how it started. Um, and we see here a little bit so quickly here, uh, the antenna array that I built, I had uh, actually published a couple of scientific papers about it. It was published in a German magazine, actually, it's a European magazine. You see the, the, yeah. the antenna made the cover page of that magazine at the time. Uh, that picture here shows the moon bounce communication, a bit how it looks like. So you see, we can essentially broadcast messages hit the moon and by reflection, we can communicate with another radio station on the other side of the earth, literally. And the round trip is nearly half of a million miles. So, so it's really, you know, significant, obviously, in terms of uh, so distance. What would, what would be the other radio station in that slide? Is that, is well, that, will, that will be a radio that wants to do moon bounce communication, right? Just like I, I do. So it's uh, typically will be an amateur radio station, right? If I, I do that in terms of okay. ra uh, radio amateur communication. Now, obviously, when we do um, communication with non-human intelligence, uh, we don't need the moon. We can just, you know, of course, we can still, you know, shoot and, and broadcast through the moon, but we can just broadcast throughout the solar system and just target mm -hmm. uh, a planet or, you know, stars or anything like that. So that's yeah. uh, that's what I'm doing today. You're probably targeting other galaxies with that antenna. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, you know, with with quantum entanglement, as soon as these electrons uh, are produced or they are accelerated to produce this electromagnetic field, by quantum entanglement, there's just no limit to the distance. This will, this, yeah. this signal will, you know, travel um, mm -hmm. instantly anywhere. I do have also uh, actually the video of the binary code message I broadcasted. I can mm -hmm. play that. It's just a few seconds if you want. Okay. Yeah. Let me do this. This is how it sounded like. This is the original binary code message I created uh, before, you know, going, or which I broadcasted before going on, on that site. And we see the, the essentially the message was communicating a, a general, general message to invite friendly civilizations to, uh, you know, join for a close encounter. Um, each sentence of that message was encoded at a solfeggio frequency. And we see it, see it here in the, on the on a slide, okay. on a video, 396, 417, 528. So essentially, I was broadcasting uh, a message, but it was encoded like music, right, through soft radio frequency. So this okay. is how it, it sounded like. What tool is this, by the way? I'm sorry, go ahead, John. What, what, what tool is this that you're using? Uh, well, this software is called Camtasia. It's a vi video editing software, but it's quite a powerful software to edit even audio files. Okay. Uh, I had created a you know, um, my home main algorithm to create binary code uh, that I could broadcast with my radio station. Um, and so this is uh, the end result, mm -hmm. if you will. This sure. is how it sounded. Let me just play it a few seconds here. So this is the message, which lasted about, you know, 30 seconds or so, or maybe mm -hmm. 30, 30 seconds a minute. Uh, and this is what I broadcasted, uh, uh, you know, yeah. to invite a friendly civilization. That's a huge amount of information encoded in there. Yeah. And um, so the next slide, uh, what we see, well, you know, um, obviously with the large radio station, when I broadcast, uh, I can do moon bounds, but again, I can broadcast throughout the solar system and target mm -hmm. any any planet, uh, whether it's Jupiter or Saturn or, you know, mm -hmm. all of the above. 
just Jupiter itself has 79 moons. It's, it's incredible. Saturn has 82 yeah. moons. There's a lot of activity there. Um, apparently, again, I, I don't have firsthand information on it, but uh, you know, many uh, experiencers or um, channelers will you know, say that the Galactic Federation of World, for instance, they have a huge mothership parked near Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so when I ma- make these transmissions, the signal that I transmit will physically reach these uh, location, like delivering, you know, uh, a message to the door to their doorstep, literally. Yeah. But you know, you don't need that kind of power, and that, that's what I'm getting to. Uh, my uh, just regular handheld radio, like we see here on the screen, which we saw in the video earlier, uh, will produce enough power that the signal will reach the moon, literally. People don't know that, but when you transmit with a handheld radio, the signal will reach the moon and go far beyond. Because in free space, there's no obstacle. And so the signal will re- will go really far. And as a proof of that, there was a mission that was um, a Chinese mission that was sent uh, to the moon and back uh, back in 2014. And we, have this, we see it on the slide. And um, at the time, the Chinese uh, equipped this probe with a small transmitter of one watt, twen- tra- one watt transmitter, what we see here, mm-hmm. with a small vertical antenna, just like nothing different than what you see on a handheld radios, right? A handheld radios actually has more power. Yeah. Handheld radios are like between four to eight watts typically. And so that probe was just equipped with one watt transmitter. And as the, this probe was going to the moon and back, it was uh, broadcasting telemetry which we see here at the bottom left, the telemetry, which has been decoded. And th- these signals were um, detected by amateur radio operators on Earth. And even if this probe was transmitting only one watt of power, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So if we do the reverse uh, logic, right, the reverse is, is true as well. If we transmit with a, a transmitter with only one watt or a handheld radio, this signal will reach the moon. And so yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense now, you know, for, for those who have been doing this contact modality, uh, when you transmit with your handheld radio, you will be heard in space uh, and absolutely will be heard. The, the, set, the uh, ISS itself, for instance, the Interna- International Space Station um, is, is only at 286 miles in altitude. It's not very far. 286 miles and you can hear it with a small handheld radio if you tune it to the right frequency you're going to hear the, the iss when it passes over your location uh, and so we, even with the radio we saw earlier in the, in the uh, video you can hear the international space station anyone can do that literally i mean it's not yeah. uh, nothing special there and so, i received a document that uh, you and mark sims put together on how to how to do this back in 2020 and i've been trying it myself and i've, I've had a lot of lot of success so you know this is <laughs> Partly, partly why I've tried to get you on here because it's been it has been successful. So anyone else listening who wants to to dive into this, it really doesn't it doesn't cost a lot of money and um, it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. And that's a beauty. And I'm I'm glad that I know you've had a lot of experiences with it, and it's great. I mean, it's uh, it's great actually to have the, mm. the the host having you know that you've had that experience as well. So it's really available to anyone who's serious about it and wants to do contact work. Again, it's a serious business, right? Well, it's not a, it's not a joke. It's really happening, and so it's really your uh, messages will be heard by these non-human intelligences, and it will be acted upon if uh, if the, if they so desire. Uh, what we see here um, in this slide is uh, the latest generations of uh, messages that I uh, created. Uh, this one is called a multi-layer message. So we see. At the bottom left, there's a full text, um, you know, inviting mm-hmm. the civilizations to interact with us. 
uh, it's encoded in binary code. Just above that, there's an entire uh, uh, picture, if you will, which contains information, contains the flower of life, the pyramid, and some formula, um, uh, Metatron's cube, and also contains all these um, coordinates we see here, or the coordinates of you know, all the ancient sacred sites, ancient sacred sites that are located around the earth like an equator. These sites are aligned perfectly like an equator. It's quite remarkable. Um, mm -hmm. And so even this, um, this message contains an entire symphony that's compressed in six seconds and uh, some children's voice calling on uh, angels. And so this is an example of uh, messages now that I, I broadcast. And I've had, you know, great success with this message, by the way, tremendous amount of sightings uh, while transmitting it. So I think this concludes these slides in terms of how it started and um, you know so some of the background behind the physics of it. Because once we understand the physics of it, which is you know when we demystify it, we realize that it's it's totally uh, you know uh, to our reach to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone can yeah. do that. Anyone serious can do that. So there's nothing really unique or uh, magical about it. It just completely makes sense when you think about it. Sure. Yeah, so, so my experiences were that, um, so I got your document and I, uh, well, initially I got a handheld radio and uh, just went out when I did see five events. And what I did was I would just broadcast, um, as Stephen Gray suggested, the crop circles. And I, I, was, I was doing that to every event. And then at some point during a few CE5s, my radio was going off. But at the time, I thought, oh, that's just interference. I thought, oh, what's going on? It's uh, <laughs> maybe it's broken, <laughs> you know, so it's a bit yeah. like you. Um, and oddly as well, I chose, um, initially I chose 144, um, not, I think it's because of the 144,000 and the, mm -hmm. a lot of meditations talking about 144 and, and everything, there's a lot of connections to that number, so I chose that number, and then I thought, well, there could be other people on that, so I went to 144.1, mm -hmm. so in, in a weird, random way, I think like yourself, I chose 144.1 megahertz as my frequency to, to send um, what was initially just the crop circles, um and then i got your document and i started to put together the messages and and then when i got the messages back i started to realize that I, that the, the bleeps and the bloops were, were there was something to that so so ever since then you know i've been um experimenting with it and, and i think i'm doing c5 soon so i'll be i'll be trying it again and i'm and you said you might actually send the message off with your yeah your well, as well. I, yeah i will broadcast so, your, your <laughs> message for sure i'll be happy uh, so, to do that and i will uh, record the sky i will uh, yeah. i do have a camera set up on my antenna so i will yeah. record what's happening in the sky when i broadcast if if there's yeah. a manifestation i will uh, of course yeah. share it with you for sure uh, and, and recently i've been just playing chopin as well just um yes just playing the yeah. music and see they are very uh, responsive to music they're very yeah, responsive to music i think classical art. music for sure yeah, yeah absolutely i've had extraordinary experiences uh while broadcasting music really some of my most amazing experience i remember the first time i did i, I tried that uh, i was in the backyard of my home and, and by the way uh, i was talking earlier about going to this contact site i, I went to that contact site many times alone I actually ended up going alone for the most part because uh, the group it was a bit complicated people you know couldn't make it didn't show up and I it just became it became a very personal experience to me and so I ended up going there several times alone uh, had amazing experiences but also I realized that I didn't need to go anywhere I could just go in the backyard of my house mm -hmm. and just sit there and um, they were they were coming to me I didn't I didn't need to go that far anymore um but uh, yeah so uh the first time i broadcasted uh symphony number no. five adagietto by uh, Mahler, 
while I was transmitting, while I was broadcasting, there's a, literally a ship that just flew above my house, very bright, kind of golden, reddish uh, light, very bright, and just passed very slowly as I was transmitting. And it was incredible. And again, I had my iPad, I always checked for satellites or anything like that, it was not that. Um, and then maybe 30 minutes later, I said, wow, that was amazing. And so I will, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try it again. So I tried again, and the same thing happened again. Same thing happened again. Mm -hmm. It was just really yeah. incredible. That's why I realized that, uh, you know, we can broadcast more than just uh, messages or things like that. You know, music, they're very responsive. One of the things that I tried also um, back in 2019, I created a message uh, in, in which I was... Um, because I had, you know, as I mentioned before, I've had many uh, out-of-body experience in my childhood and my life, even today still, but maybe less frequent. And so I, I created a message in which I was requesting a, 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 an induce for them to help to induce an out-of-body experience, essentially. And um, to make sure that I will have the physical memory of it. So I will not forget about it. You know, sometimes I have dreams or something happens, it may be, you know energy state and we don't necessarily remember what happened right during you know when we sleep or things like that so i had made that request to remember the experience of that uh, you know separation of my, my body and so forth again i was not expecting anything quite honestly i broadcasted this 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 with my large radio station uh in the afternoon and uh that very same day in the evening it was maybe nine o'clock p.m um i was in my bedroom and i was completely fully awake and aware my eyes were open. I was just literally sitting on my bed, just about to lay, just about to lay. I was, I just lit up a candle just to, you know, relax. Again, I was fully awake and aware as well now. And all of a sudden I was just taken out. I was just taken out of my body, just like that. My eyes were open. <laughs> just, right. Okay. You know, it's one thing when it happened, if you're sleeping or you have a sleep or uh, some kind mm -hmm. of meditation state, but it was not the case. My eyes were physically open and I was taken out of my body just as I requested. It was an incredible experience. Uh, and what I saw when I exited my body, I saw a bright light. Maybe it seemed like, you know, uh, same experience that the people who have a near-death experience will mm -hmm. uh, relate that they, they see a very bright light. Uh, and I felt a lot of love as well. It felt like I was coming back home, right? And uh, I mm -hmm. remember opening up my arms uh, to that experience not physical arm, obviously, but my etheric, if you will, arms. Uh, I was welcoming the experience. I understood immediately what was happening, and I was uh, very happy about it. Uh, and shortly after, I just blacked out. I, then I don't remember what happened. So I don't know right. if it took me somewhere so or took my energy body somewhere. You know, entirely. So how long, how long were you out of body then, roughly? Well, there's just it's hard because there's just no time. Okay. In that state, right? It's it's hard to judge. All I know, all I can say is that I, I remember very well getting out of my body and that transition. Uh, I was uh, seeing the light. I could have the feeling that I was coming back home. And it was a very pleasant experience. And as I was approaching the slide, that's where at some point I just blacked out. And I don't remember what happened after. Okay. And, um, but your and eyes that, were open the whole time. Well, my eyes were open while I, when I exited my body. Of course, when I exited my body, I, I don't know what happened to my body. No. It was my energy body. that. But your, was... your visuals of the experience, were they changing as you went out of body? Or were they, would you, what, what was, yeah, what was your visual 
experience? My, my visual was this very bright light in front of me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like I sit in my body and I could see this very bright light uh, and the, the feeling that goes with it. Um, how to describe, you know, in this dimension, mm -hmm. in this third yeah, dimension. No, but, it, yeah. It, yeah, I've heard other people describing it. And that, that one you mentioned, uh, feeling of going back home is, is, is yeah. uh, quoted quite yeah. a lot. And so, um, and that's when I realized that this was a profound experience because also it was the first time I made such a request through the radio. Mm -hmm. And for that experience to occur exactly as I had requested was a very, very powerful confirmation. Well, not that I needed the confirmation. I had, I had had so many sightings, but it was a powerful confirmation that they are really receiving this message very specifically. And, um, and they had to obviously process this message, you know, and understand it and act, they acted upon it very mm -hmm. specifically in a very specific way. So... It means that you know whatever we broadcast out there uh, is clearly received, decoded, uh, and if it is, it is safe and appropriate for them, they uh, you know they will act upon it. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's it's a really serious business. But it also opens the door to a lot of things because from that from after that experience and after having you know had this uh, energetic experience. Uh, I realized, for instance, I could, uh, and I did several times, broadcast messages for people who um, had health problems, health challenges. And so even as of today, I still once in a while uh, broadcast messages to uh, requesting healing assistance for people who are, uh, you know, undergoing health challenges, serious health mm -hmm. challenges. And I've had myself, um, and, and for all of those who have done this, it's, it's hard to prove because, you know, how do you prove this, right? All I can say is that folks that I broadcasted the message for, um, they all recovered. They, they all came back on their feet. I, again, impossible to prove it if it's the transmission had any effect. I'm sure they, these transmissions were received because they've <laughs> always been received. Um, you know, even on myself, I know, I, I, I know for myself, though, that I've, uh, you know, I've had... Um, it's maybe a couple of years ago, um, two, or, two or three years ago. I've had the, an episode of back pain. You know, I played a lot of ice hockey in Canada. Again, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm you know, from Quebec, Canada. So I played a lot of ice hockey and developed some back pain, you know, over the years. And I've had a lot of problems with lower back pain. Anyway, I, I was going a, a very serious uh, episode of that. And um, I was home and I said, okay, why not, you know, make a request for assistance, you know, to help, you know, maybe bring some, some relief. And so I literally stepped out in the backyard and uh, I had my handheld radio and I, I transmitted in Morse code because I, I can't do Morse code. I'm an amateur radio operator. <laughs> I transmitted in Morse code and asked for, uh, you know, healing if it's possible to uh, help relieving this pain. That night, um, that night I had a lot of sweating. I was sweating uh, just like I had fever almost, if you will. A very uh, intense night. And when I got up the following day, the, the back pain was completely gone. Wow. Um, and the back pain, the lower back pain, if anyone, you know, anyone who has experienced it does not go away just like that. Right? I had had many weeks of, you know, pain and it was just not going away. And after the transmission, it just went away. Um, you know, so it, it was a powerful confirmation again for me and a very powerful experience. And I know other folks, you know, uh, experiencers and C-fibers who've done this uh, make requests not necessarily with the radio but even through meditation you know and all that i've had mm -hmm. some some healing so you know these things are really real uh it's really that's yeah. why it opens the door to 
it's a contact modality that it's not only for messages, but again, opens the door to a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a matter of, you know, figuring it out and trying it. Yeah. And also being ready to receive. And I, I wonder if that you know has an effect as well in terms of if you send a request out, you are ready to receive and maybe some others aren't ready because some people might have that experience and be completely traumatized by it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as you build the, <clears throat> really what's happening and you've had the Gary uh, Gary on your show, Gary yeah. Borsk, he's a fantastic gentleman. Uh, he's probably uh, one of the, I would say an icon in the sense of, you know, how you can develop a relationship and, and uh, nurture that relationship. And Gary's been amazing uh, in his experience and he's ha he has amazing experiences as well. But it really becomes over time, and I know I'm sure you, you experience it yourself, uh, Joe, becomes a personal thing that you grow over time and you, you nurture that, you know, relationship. And uh, although, you, you know, may not see these beings in, in our face, like, you know, they're not right in front of us, um, these interactions and either healing experience and sightings and everything that's happening, or even when they may then reply through, through consciousness, uh, you know, it becomes really something, again, as I said, the relationship really that, that's yeah. happening. And so in a sense, uh, maybe they are allowing, I mean, allowing this to happen because we hear often stories of folks, you know, who've been trying to video record, you know, um, uh, ET, you know, craft and things like that, and the video stops working, and the electronic goes berserk, and it's like they're not allowed, right? They're not allowed to, mm. to, to, to film what's happening and so on. So clearly what we're doing, we're allowed to do it, right? They, they are participating mm. actively. If they will not want to, it will not, ha it will not happen. Right? Yeah. I, I had that recently, actually, at um, doing C5 a couple of months ago. I was, uh, I had, I, before I went, I made sure my cameras were working fully fully operational full battery and everything and <clears throat> i went out there and uh i didn't ask for permission i must admit and this is something i kind of realized after but during the event i kept on turning my camera on and then it would just turn itself off did about three or four times and i went nah, not happening today so I, yeah. I put it away carried on um i'm not much happened in in terms of what happened in the sky but um when I came home, I tried the camera and it was working fine at home. So I was like, okay, that, that wasn't just, you know, um, you know, I'd forgotten to do the battery. So obviously I'd done it in, in the day. Uh, and then the next day I, um, I had this kind of, I was actually listening to my own podcast. So I was <laughs> listening to it uh, just to check that it was, it sounded okay. And the bit that I heard was all about asking for permission. It was almost mm. like, someone had told me listen to that list you just had you've yeah. been told ask for permission then you forgot to do it so you know it was a bit like a lesson to myself yeah but, that's uh, a good it's a great experience um, and, and you see just the fact that you figured it out you you, yeah. you got the message and you this this is the beauty of it right this is the beauty of that relationship they even though they've not necessarily spoken to you in person no. they find ways to get their message exactly. across yeah, yeah. and you get it right and as you go along you, you get more and more of these kind of experience and other things and it's just uh, grows from there that that communication indirect communication just keeps growing and in a sense it, it feels like it's uh, they're already using these uh, these radios as technological aid if you will mm -hmm. to uh, uh, to start interacting with humanity. That's how I see it. Yeah. Uh, again, they are allowing it clearly. Uh, and um, it's happening all over the world. I mean, uh, you're in the UK, there are folks, you know, in Australia, New Zealand, Japan, everywhere in the world, and it's working. It's working regardless of time and space, it, it's working. And so they are clearly participating to it. Um, 
and so this is, you know, this is, I think, just the beginning of uh, a, a big shift that's happening. And we, we, we see the shift happening on a planet. There's a massive awakening happening right now. Mm-hmm. I truly believe this is part of this program. It uh, is. I, I see the process happening. And it's, um, it's not just with um, amateur radio people or, uh, you know, C5 events. It's, 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 an, it's a multidimensional scale that this, uh, this exactly. kind of awakening is happening. Exactly. And if anything, I mean, the radio part of it, Again, I see it as a more technological aid. It's just to get get us to mm-hmm. get this first contact and then this this you know this relationship to grow. But then you don't need necessarily the radio for that anymore. You can still have the radio, but you you develop that relationship more on a consciousness level, yeah. um, expansion of consciousness. And and I've seen it myself. I mean, even in, in the work that I'm doing now on the harmonic one forty four, the golden ratios, and uh, all, all these other things that I've. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so on that, I know that you've done quite a few videos with Grant Cameron and others on on, on these concepts. So I don't know if you want to quickly talk a bit about um, the golden ratio and and just uh, maybe yeah. in brief and uh, just give an outline so that we can, and maybe people can go and listen more, listen to that more on various other videos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the the, the work that I've been doing recently, um, to boil it down, um, you know, in, in a nutshell, is is really what it came down to is is that you know the frequency that uh, I had been using from the beginning 144.1 megahertz and after that 432 megahertz or the two frequencies that uh, I've been using to make these transmissions they happen to be frequencies that are on the amateur radio band right that you need a license to transmit of course on these on these frequencies but it just happened that these frequencies you know, on the on the amateur radio band, and my antenna. I have two antenna systems. Uh, one is again tuned to uh, to 144.1, and the other one 432. The one on 432, uh, I, I can um, deploy about a quarter of a million watts on, on 432 megahertz, and 144.1 about 150,000 watts. It happens. To, it just turns out that these two frequencies. I mean, anyone who has been looking into uh, you know, the pyramid code, um, sacred geometry, you know, the number of 432 is extremely significant everywhere mm-hmm. in, in our universe. It's encoded in the pyramid, but it's also in nature, right? The, and I do have a ton of slides on this. We really don't have time today, but we can maybe have a part two. But, um, you know, the, the the size of the sun, for instance, as our star is is, is based on 432. Um, the, the, the the precision of the equinox is based on 432. The diameter of the moon is based on four. So many things are based on 432 in, in nature. And also on 144, which is the fundamental, fundamental harmonic of light, 144. Uh, that number we see, as you mentioned earlier, we see it everywhere in the scriptures. Um, it's encoded everywhere. And uh, most recently, um, there's a gentleman called Jane 108. Uh, he's in Australia. He's an expert in sacred geometry. About a year ago, a year and a half ago, discovered that the flower of life itself contained 144 components to it. So if you count the number of petals, you know, in the flower of life, and the little kind of yeah. triangles that are embedded in it, you count these components, mm-hmm. you, they add up to 144. Is this connected so, to Drumvelo Mekesdik? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And so, I mean, anybody who study this, you know, understands the flower of life contains all the ingredients for creation, right? Contains all the platonic solids. Uh, you can extract essentially all the mathematics out of, out of the flower of life. And uh, at the quantum level, that's, 
that that's how creation operates you know using the, the flower of life if you will in terms of geometry uh, to boil it down simply and so the fact that there are 144 components in a flower of life is is remarkable and when i realized that um along with the golden ratio and the golden ratio to make a little parenthesis here you know i was i realized 144 was everywhere and i was doing calculations and many things just were resonating with 144 in our universe and i found it amazing but i was missing the one of the key ingredients and that key ingredient was the was the golden ratio mm -hmm. and the golden ratio itself uh incredibly was communicated believe it or not through sightings uh, there's a triangular craft that uh, manifest had already manifested itself like on three different occasions. And uh, one of my uh, colleague actually who's been working on me, David Sarita, had noticed a relationship with the golden ratio, you know, in the early and in the initial sightings. Um, but you know, there was really no we, we didn't do work on it or anything like that. But after the third sighting of the golden ratio, a triangular craft that is how the idea came to me. I said, wait a minute here, right? I mean, clearly there's an insistence uh, on this um, on this golden ratio. And when I integrated this information with the harmonic 144, it, it was absolutely incredible because all the physics and you know, mathematics um, essentially have an equivalent in terms of harmonic based on 144, 432, and the golden ratio. Uh, from the Planck length to the speed of light to almost all the constant in mathematics. Mm -hmm. um, and the most critical, you know, the, the electron, the proton size, and so on, the proton mass, they all have a, uh, an equivalent in terms of harmonic 144 and golden ratio. Mm -hmm. uh, I have not presented this work yet. Uh, I'm going to be presenting this very soon. I have many slides, uh, you know, ready to present on this. Uh, but this is uh, what it boils down to, and it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, the interview you mentioned earlier with Grant Cameron, uh, the last interview I, I did in April, I think it was, uh, I, I presented for the first time some of this work. And what this work is showing essentially also is that the ancient sacred sites on the earth, they are located at very specific locations that are all based on harmonic 144 and golden ratio proportions, all of them mm -hmm. that have made the calculations. Um, it's, it's just remarkable. It's, it's, it's almost predictable, you know, where, the, you where they're located. You call it the earth grid, I think you said. That's that. right, yeah, the yeah. earth grid. I mean, the earth grid, um, are vortexes around the earth, right? And so these vortexes are located at harmonic 144 um, harmonics, literally, in terms of location. Um, and so this, uh, this, this is just the beginning. There's a lot behind this. Um, and most recently, um, I actually, and maybe I can show this video, maybe it's just a two or three minutes video. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, I made a request. Uh, I created a message to, it was a message essentially to welcome and thank the golden ratio triangular craft because they provided these sightings encoded with this golden ratio proportion that was extremely helpful. And so I created the message uh, to welcome the craft and and the craft came two minutes after the transmission. Uh, it was the fourth time that this craft came. I do have a short video. If you want, I can show it. It's just a couple uh, yeah. of minutes. Yes, yes, have a quick, uh, yeah. quick look. Let me just do this here. All right, so let me just play this here. 
And I will share my screen. Give me one second here. Okay. And uh, where is my screen here? All right. Okay, here we go. And it's, if there's an issue with sound or uh, video, let me know, okay? So here we go. So this is recent, April 26th, 26, 2022. I'm sorry. So that's your, your desk, your color monitors. <laughs> Can you, uh, you see? Yeah, you see the thing, right? So you, yeah. what you see here essentially on the left is my antenna array. I'm just standing right next to it. Uh, two of these antennas are tuned to 144.1 megahertz and the, the two on the uh, sides are 144. The two in the middle are 432 megahertz. Mm -hmm. uh, we see all these cables <laughs> going yeah. to my radio shack here. And so this is essentially my radio station. Uh, so this transmission was towards Arcturus. Uh, just because it's just very visible at this time of the, the year. Uh, this was on April 23rd, actually, 10, 15 p.m. And so uh, we'll see what, what we're going to see next is the actual message that was transmitted and what happened after. So it's just a couple of minutes. So this is a spectrogram of the message. It's quite alien in itself. the actual transmission towards Archers of that message, of the message actually after the broadcast. Oh yeah. We'll see it again as zoomed in. see this um, this distance here yeah and this distance is all golden ratio proportion so if you divide this side this segment by this side you get the golden ratio yeah if you divide the long side divided by this one here you get the golden ratio and amazingly if you get the divide the long side of this triangle by the smallest side you get the golden ratio squared okay you get the golden ratio in the 
every proportion that you look at it. And I have a, actually a slide here. Okay, we see the kind of screen capture. Yeah. And and we see a bit how the, the golden ratio is. And that's uh, another one there on December 5th. Yeah, so this is essentially the third, this was the fourth manifestation. That the, it came three times prior to that, uh, December 5th, uh, December 25th, and February 5th. And so so you think it's, it's one triangular craft and not three craft or... Um, well, how to say, right? It's hard okay, to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming, uh, make, I'm saying craft because we need to put a name to what we're talking about. But yeah. uh, if if these are three separate lights or uh, craft, if you will, they are perfectly synchronized, right? Because they just popped in and out in our dimension mm -hmm. instantly, but together at the same time. And if we look here, the mathematic of it, as I described earlier, you see the representation here mm -hmm. of the shape exactly. And Again, as I said, if we divide any side of this triangle by any other side, we always get either the golden ratio or the golden golden ratio squared, as we see at the bottom here. Mm -hmm. Remarkable. I, I didn't even know actually that this shape existed. Um, in terms, of, I didn't know there was a triangle that you know could produce the golden ratio in any proportion. I've never seen this anywhere actually, and so that's something that uh, I need to research. But I have not seen this shape anywhere, so it's quite remarkable and unique in a sense. And this happened to be the piece of information that was missing in the work that I was doing yeah. uh, about the earth grid and so on. And so this, this is really an example of um, communication, if you will, um, not verbal, but, you know, they gave us this little crumbs of bread and, you know. Sure. And it, we... it must carry a huge amount of importance because we see it in terms of how the pyramids are built and all the, the, you know, the mathematics around that. And also, as you said, about all the different locations of various uh, ancestral sites and all around the world and how, how close, how closely linked they are to this, this earth grid. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is massively important. I mean, the harmonic 144 and the golden ratio, hmm. and I include 432 there, but 432 is just the third harmonic of 144, right? If you take 144 times three, you get 432. So I'm, that's why I'm just talking about 144 and golden ratio. Uh, but even the Schumann resonance, for instance, uh, and mm -hmm. I will show in the calculations that it's remarkable. The Schumann resonance frequency of the Earth itself is in perfect harmony with the reciprocal of harmonic 144. Mm -hmm. The speed of sound in, in water is in harmony with the harmonic 144. Um, if you go into physics, the Planck length itself, the, the, ma the proton mass, um, the uh, the size of the electron and the proton, I mean, it goes into the quantum world itself, quantum physics. Um, and you can even explain actually uh, the, I mean, the solstice is uh, tomorrow, right? On the 21st of June, but it, like the equinox, right? We all know about the, uh, the uh, spring equinox, for instance. People say that the spring equinox, uh, uh, you know, the, the, there's a portal opening, right, during the equinox. It's a time mm -hmm. to, you can have a spiritual experience or mystical experience. Um, there's all kind of account of very special things happening in the spring equinox. And if we see like the complex itself, the pyramid in Chichen Itza, you know, there are many pyramids around the world mm -hmm. that are all kind of line, you know, for this uh, solstice or equinox uh, well, time. We're, we're, I think we're at the summer solstice thing. right now, aren't we? That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but why, right? Why is the question is why what's happening that's so special at this, for instance, at the spring equinox? Well, when we look at it using harmonic 144 and we made the calculation, and you, you will see it in the interview uh, with Grant that I, I did uh, recently, 
um, actually, no, I didn't present this. This is it's going to be in the next uh, iteration. But what's happening is that on that day of the, the spring equinox, the sun distance to the Earth is exactly a harmonic 144 relationship. So if you take the distance between the Earth and the sun in nautical miles, uh, and you divide by harmonic 144, you get an, a, a, an exact number. So what's happening is that at that precise time, the sun itself is in perfect harmony with the energy grid of the Earth, with the Earth, if you will. Okay. It's just like the space-time was eliminated, if you will. And you have a portal that opens at that precise moment because of that. But the reason is, again, it's all related to the harmonic 144, uh, which is the harmonic of the Earth grid itself okay. and, and the harmonic of light. I mean, we know anyone who studied uh, physics a little bit and quantum physics, you know, we are made of, uh, you know, everything in the universe is made of vibration, right? Frequency vibration. Um, even the material world that we see as, you know, we touch as being solid and, mm -hmm. you know, is in itself energy, right? It's just light energy that's vibrating at certain frequencies. Yeah. So it's, uh, we really live in a, in a holographic universe, right? Everything is vibration, mm -hmm. light vibration in this holographic universe. Yeah. Every point of that holographic universe is connected to every other point, right? That's why it's, we say everything is one, right? Because it's all this holographic universe. And, and the key ingredient of that holographic universe is the fundamental harmonic of light 144. That's why it makes sense there are 144 components in the flower of life itself, in the creation. But the, the fundamental harmonic is that harmonic 144. And what is responsible for fractality in our universe is the golden ratio. Everything that grows in our universe is based on you know, golden ratio proportions. Mm -hmm. So these two combine the harmonic 144 and the golden ratio with these two ingredients, you can explain almost everything in the universe. It, it's quite remarkable. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I'll be very excited to present this, this, this work very soon. That's a very bold statement. And I, I do hope that uh, to a certain extent, the sort of academia grabs onto this at some point and, you know, yeah, the math is the math is pretty solid. I mean, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, the math is the math, right? You can't, you can't cheat the mathematics. And uh, when we calculate all these equations, even the pi, if you look at all the mathematical constant, like the pi constant mm -hmm. or the e constant, which is the uh, natural number or natural constant, uh, uh, they all have a root in harmonic one four four and golden ratio. It's remarkable, mm -hmm. uh, very high accuracy. And so, uh, yeah, so this is a you know what. Uh, the, all this experience has led to, uh, and then and it it keeps going in all kind of directions that yeah. uh, I had not anticipated. Really, yeah, I, I was wondering the other day, and it was just a, a random thought. Might not, might have no basis, but uh, we 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 talk of we talk in terms of base ten in terms of our numerics. But if mm -hmm. we were able to convert that to something maybe base base phi or something. Maybe the whole universe or all the mathematics wouldn't be so well, irrational and, yeah, and bizarre. It's a good point. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, what you're what you're saying is is an important point. Um, for instance, if we look at frequencies, right? The frequencies when we look at frequencies, a frequency is an oscillation per second, right? Per unit of second, per unit of time. That's what mm -hmm. a frequency is: a number of oscillation per second. The second or the second, as we understand them, are based on human time, right? It's based on 24 hours a day with 60 seconds a minute, 60 minutes in a, an hour, and so on. It, it's based on a scale that the human have developed. But it doesn't mean that is the proper scale to have uh, a view of the universe, if you will. 
when we use a different scale of time, if we use instead of a 24 hours base scale, if we use a 27 hours base scale of time, okay. uh, and it's actually a technique that was developed by Bruce Catties decades ago, right? If you use a 27 instead of 24 basis, the 27 is in harmony with geometry, right? 27 from, I mean, if you look even in time, you know, they're all like 27, uh, the, the moon rotation cycle and revolution cycle is based on 27 days. Uh, the human fertility cycle, you know, there are 27 days between each cycle. Uh, the number 27, I mean, the, the Vedic, the ancient Vedic uh, astrology talks about the 27 uh, dimensions, lunar mentions, the 27 lunar mentions. Uh, 27 is also uh, based on a hyper, hypercube uh, geometry, right? Three times three times three then 20, gives 27. And 27 itself, in terms of octaves, you get 27. 54, 108, 216, you get to 432, which is magical number again. So this 27 is the proper basis of time to connect um, to connect mathematics and, and, and so on to geometry. And when we do that and we calculate the frequency on a 27-hour base instead of 24-hour base, we get a completely different picture. And as I said, for instance, if we take the Schumann resonance of the Earth, which is 7.83 hertz, right? The, that's the frequency of the Earth, 7.83 hertz. And we calculate that, but on a 27-hour basis instead of 24-hour basis, we realize that the Schumann resonance is exactly in tune with harmonic 144, the reciprocal of harmonic 144. Okay. So that information right. is only available if you calculate the frequency using the proper time scale, right? And that's why, in a sense, we may not have been using the proper time scale or scale of dimension mm. length on the earth. And that's why we've been blind, you know, blinded, if you will, by, sure. by it does seem that way. <laughs> yeah. It does seem that way in terms of our measurements of time and uh, of, of distance as well. I mean, there's this, the, the cubit was used as the, or is that right? The, or the, the pyramid inch is also called, I think, in terms of the distance and our nautical miles, these, these, all these measurements that, were once used they seem to have disappeared or been less used and i wonder if there's a sort of if it's a natural or if some sort of higher intelligence is disturbing our way to measure things so that <laughs> we find it more difficult to to yeah, understand well, the fundamentals a, of reality it's a, it's a good yeah it's really <laughs> it's a good point it's hard to say if it's you know it's been done purposely this way or not but you talked about the qubit, right? The qubit, that's the fundamental measurement unit, like the, the pyramid and many constructions. Well, if we consider uh, the qubit as an antenna, right? The length of a qubit, which is a 0 0.4, 0 0.52365 uh, meter, to about half a meter long is a qubit. If we consider this length as an antenna and we calculate the corresponding resonant frequency to that antenna, what's the frequency? 144 yeah okay yeah. yeah so it's, it's, it's remarkable pops up so again and again doesn't it it pops up again and, and uh, so it's remarkable because this 144 comes back again right and again if we represent our reality as being vibration uh frequency vibrations well the qubit as we see it as a length right a physical dimension has an equivalent in terms of frequency vibration and that frequency vibration is related to 144. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and the golden root also, which is the 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 um, uh, the square root of the of the golden ratio itself. Yeah. And so, 
so it's all connected. Uh, when we start looking at the universe th that way, we realize we, we start making these connections that you know we've not been able to make before. But we need to we need to use the proper unit of time, the, the proper unit of length, and then we get the total picture. And again, uh, I want to credit the the work of Bruce Catty that we've um, developed this this technique uh, decades ago uh, to connect um, uh, physics and mathematics to geometry, really. Um, and, and, and to frequency to geometry, and so we we see the results, you know, when we look at the world in this way. And what are your thoughts on on what consciousness is? Um, we we talked a little bit about earlier. I don't know if you want to elaborate on on your thoughts around how it, as I, I assume you, you you like me, see it as fundamental and not matter being fundamental to, to the universe. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean. It's um, you know it's a journey when we start you know looking into these things um, you know I think folks needs to uh, you know they need to do their research and kind of convince themselves right they need they need to find their own reality in a sense in, in, in that regard um, but for my my personal experience you know it's it, very quickly it converged to that I mean if, if if we look at it from a physics standpoint or just science science standpoint. That's what all the paradoxes, you know, are telling us, and you know, everything we know about physics and, 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 and energy and frequency, you know, it all comes down to the fact that we live in this holographic universe where everything is connected to everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is one, essentially. Um, and made of frequency vibrations, really, that's what it comes down to. And our consciousness is, I mean, it's hard to explain, you know, what this is exactly, right? Yeah. You know, I, I I'm not sure if I will find the right words for it, um, but really that's what driving um, everything is is everything is consciousness. Really. Everything is yeah. energy consciousness, and um, and we see it uh, when we start looking at thing at, at things this way. That's where the expansion of our consciousness takes place, and uh, we start opening up the door to experiences, but also to information. You know that that comes our way. Yeah, and uh, I've had many of that myself yeah I, before i really got into sort of the ufos topic um i actually was i was reading about the holographic universe and and actually growing up i'd read a lot about string theory and i think it was um having had a, a physics background a physics and astronomy background i was uh, interested in this so i kind of came to that sort of conclusion um that matter wasn't fundamental mm. from people like Donna, donald hoffman who, who talks about it as well that uh this idea that we are we're not they, they they talk about it as a virtual reality and which is one way of coining it but uh so i came to those conclusions and then now i've gone to sort of the ufo topic and listening to people like yourself you know it's become um yeah more yeah I, I, more and probably yeah it's probably one of the easiest way to try to represent it if if we take i don't know if you experience going to an imax movie or an imax <laughs> presentation right yeah. you got this huge large screen uh, they're so huge that you feel that you're embedded in it, right? You got these mm -hmm. glasses, you, you, you see everything in, in 3D. You have a 3D experience, like almost like, you know, being mm -hmm. virtual reality almost. Um, but that reality that we see on the screen, that we, are, we feel being part of it, we are embedded in it and we hear the sounds, all that is just frequency vibrations. That entire reality that's being created is is light i mean right we're yeah. just hit with this light and, and sound vibrations that's how it is but for us you know when it's being processed by our brain and our physical body 
becomes our reality. And so the reality we live in right now is no different than the IMAX movie. It's just that we all inside the body, if you will, <laughs> our consciousness, if you will. And we all just, you know, interpreting these, these frequency vibrations and create, you know, a reality out of it. Uh, and it's no different. So that's probably the best analogy I will give. And mm -hmm. I will add that the fundamental frequency harmonic of that light vibration is 144. <laughs> that, that's where that 144 <laughs> comes into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you um, following at all how um, uh, the the kind of UFO phenomena is, is growing? I imagine you are in, in terms of the, the, I think the great, the great uh, James Webb telescope that's, that's sort of uh, starting to pick up um, stuff recently. I don't know if you've been following that. Yeah, I see there's a lot a lot happening, a lot of movement. Um, there's some, you know, some some eye disclosure happening from governments, but it's all kind of very yeah. mushy mushy, right? It's I know. I mean, they, they clearly the the phenomenon has been known for thousands of years actually and, and it's been known for decades by by the the powers that be and so they are very aware of what's going on right it's just a matter of what they want to release to the public i don't think the public should wait for that really that disclosure it's not going to come from there i think the disclosure is already happening now through experiencers like you and many others who are doing this work mm -hmm. uh, this is the real the real deal and it always uh you know give me a smile when i see all these these disclosure things and these tic tac yeah. video well, you have all these hundreds of experiencers worldwide who make contact every every day and have footage of that every day, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just real and it's just happening. And so we, we don't need, you know, any government to uh, to yeah. tell us, you know, yeah. what's out there. We can experience <laughs> it ourselves. And I will encourage anyone to go experience it for yourself. So you're going yeah. to get the truth. Yeah, the UFO hearings, and if you saw that, it was quite, quite laughable. The... I think there are two videos, and one they could prove was uh, just sort of uh, uh, um, and a, some aspect of the <laughs> of the camera, uh, yeah. and the other one they just it was just so quick and and useless really yeah. to analyze, um, mm. and and those are the only two that they could bring up. It was it was quite laughable, but you know it was a, it was a step I guess in the right direction. Yeah, it's a minister. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's a minister. We, we just hope that this this subject is not going to be twisted and distorted, right? And and communicate in a way that's not true or is just you know serving an agenda of some sort and yeah that, that's the worry that's the worry there for yeah, sure that's, but that's why again, i think it's not going to come from governments it's going to come from the ground up with c5 yeah. and other things yeah absolutely no okay. doubt about that and it's already happening i mean uh, the the title of my mini documentary i, I call it first contact breaking the veil mm -hmm. but first contact it's not in the sense necessarily of having like a ship showing up you know on every major cities on the earth it's not what it is you know first contact is happening any one of us who have this experience we experience ourselves or first contact and you've had it yourself mm -hmm. you know as you mentioned you had your first contact experience i've had mine may 1st mm -hmm. 2017 and anyone can have it uh, our own personal customized first contact experience and it's life-changing obviously uh and uh it's real it's, it's real it's just a matter to you know try it and uh, doing the work uh, seriously and uh, people will for sure will experience something yeah yeah there's a lot of benevolent intelligences out there that are waiting and it's for us to uh to uh find out more and to send out our messages and get in contact it's really it's up to us not not them really to 
to get this contact. Absolutely, absolutely. It's happening. It's beautiful. What's happening? It's really, uh, it's ramping up, and I see, I see it ramping up across the board. Uh, again, as I said, the fact that they are interacting with us in that way means that they are allow, allowing it, encouraging mm -hmm. it, and um, you know, we'll see where that's going to lead us. But I, I'm pretty sure it's going to lead us where, you know, there's going to be more open contact, more and more of it. Uh, it's just now. I mean, there's a big disparity in humanity overall. There, there are some folks like contact experiences like you and others who will make contact and then they're having this experience and you get another segment of population that have no clue of really what's happening right and it's so far from their reality far mm. remote that they they can't conceive it and so there's a lot of catch-up to do but i think it's it's happening pretty quickly now and the catch-up is uh, we're catching up pretty sure. quickly so um, I wonder if you could sort of end more on the what you're lo looking to do in the future, in particular with trying to scale out some of the uh, radio contact stuff that you've got uh, in terms of trying to broaden the reach of that information. Uh, there's there's a different tracks to the work that I'm doing. Um, obviously, the the contact, like I saw, we showed a video earlier, is one part of it, right? So I, I keep uh, making transmissions um, and. I communicate often information. Uh, you saw the triangular craft was, you know, an invitation, but there's there's information in it. But sometimes I literally just broadcast the result of the work that I'm doing, right? So if I discover something or I have a an insight or download of something, mm -hmm. and I I discover something, let's say about harmonic one four four and golden ratio, sometimes I'll just re rebroadcast this message, like the homework that I'm sending back to them, mm -hmm. to tell them I figured it out, right? And I'm ready for the next step, and so. It's uh, it's a very fun, in a sense, almost playful relationship in that sense, because they will come back with something that's going to make me think or connect dots, you know, and that's going to lead us to keep keep pushing the work further. Yeah. So that that's one aspect of it that I really enjoy. Uh, it always surprises me what they came up come up with. Uh, the golden ratio triangular craft is one example of it, but there are other examples of it. Um, the uh, other aspect is all this, this, yeah, this work related to uh, mathematics and physics and the earth grid and, and so on. So the, this aspect, harmonic one, four, four golden ratio, it's a very important, and I had no idea that my work will uh, shift in that direction or a part of my work will shift there. I've kind of been dragged down this rabbit hole, um, you know, by the circumstances, if you will. It feels like that, that was meant to be. Uh, that's that's one other part of it. Another part of it is uh, I um, I like to help people out there to make contact. So I, I broadcast messages on behalf of other folks who have C5 events, just like we're going to have one in a few days. Uh, so that's something that I like to do. Uh, also broadcast healing uh, uh, healing assistance requests for folks who may have you know health challenges. This is a bit more rare, but this happens once in a while. That's something that I like to do. Uh, so it's it's a bit multifaceted, you know. It's uh, um, it takes time, obviously, and I'm not doing that full time. It's just mm -hmm. call it a hobby, if you will, or a pastime. But when I have time, I, I try to spend the time doing it. So, and, and overall, there's a big interest in this. I mean, we see the movement growing rapidly. It's uh, you know we have folks worldwide really doing this and having success, and it's it's heartwarming. I mean, it's really heartwarming. Yeah. And my goal really is that this takes off and just keeps snowballing by itself as a chain reaction and sure. i think it, this is already uh, initiated i think it's already happening so i'm having fun looking at it grow slowly yeah. and or rapidly i would say but i'm there just to keep pushing it as much as i can or as fast as i can 
Do you have um, any documentation on how to encode the messages and, and do and in terms of broadcasting and everything that's publicly accessible? Sort of, sort of. I'm gonna. I have a, set up a website. It's not live yet, uh, but I can give the address. It's uh, www.myfirstcontact.com. That's what okay. it's going to be the the link. Um, and it's going to contain many of my videos, uh, some of this information you talk about, how to encode messages, you know, how to transmit, yeah. how, how to do that. So it's going to be there, available uh, for free. Uh, all, all the stuff is for free. Um, I'm not selling anything or anything like that. It's really, uh, you know, to help. And so, yeah, it's going to come out soon. So I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I intended to launch it in January, February, but... Um, I was not ready. Now, now I'm ready. So it should it should come out come out sure. soon. In the meantime, until the, the the website goes live, there are a few interviews I made, and so you'll be able, you know, folks out there will be able to maybe see some of that information through these interviews. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, they can reach reach out to me, and I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to provide that information. Yeah. Sure. I'll share some of the videos that you've done with Grant Cameron as well um, on this, so that people can find out more about you and and. Uh, discover a bit more about all the mathematics and all the amazing stuff that you've discovered. So um, so thank you uh, for, for doing this. It's been amazing chatting to you and discovering all, all, all this information and sharing it with everyone listening. So thank you again. Well, it's a pleasure, uh, Joe. Um, it's a pleasure. And um, again, I, I encourage everyone to, uh, you know, look into this, um, you know, uh, doesn't mean that everybody will be ready or wants to do it, but you know, if the folks out there are ready to make contact and have a life-changing experience, that's certainly one way to do it. There are other modalities, obviously, that people can try. But you know, I've been successful doing this, and what, what I like about this contact modality is that uh, there's a you know there's a physical aspect to this that's helping us a little bit, right? We 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 start from so far you know, behind mm. that uh, having this technological aid that's connected to a physical world is really helpful, right? These the small handheld radios I'm talking about. Mm. Um, you know, some folks will, will be very proficient and will just do that through it through meditation, uh, for consciousness, and that's all good. I mean, it's all fine, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, but there's just one more modality, I think, that uh, ma makes it a bit easier to initiate contact. And once you've established that connection, then it just, it's just a matter of nurturing it and grow it. And it's, uh, it's happening. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, and then hopefully we'll speak again another time, do a part two, maybe go into a bit more details. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, thanks, Joe, for the opportunity. And again, I will uh, be happy to broadcast your message and I will record what's happening in the sky. And uh, if I get something, I will send you away. Perfect, thank you.